Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Nights with John. It's the John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back in the Kia Studios in Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Hanging out with you here on this Friday night. John Chuckery Show. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us. On the go, social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow me on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. This year, night look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So this is an awful, awful, awful story. So a former Falcons player, uh, Eric Johnson, who was a linebacker for a year with the Falcons, I think back in 05, 06 or somewhere around there, I think it was right before the um, Mike Smith era was underway. He is part of a group of eight alleged gang members who are charged with trafficking women and racketeering. On a case of human trafficking, um, they're accused in a 96-count Gwinnett County uh, grand jury indictment um, that involves racketeering, a terrorism scheme that the grand jury says victimized women and involved assaults and kidnapping. And he's a part of this of this group. Eight defendants, former football player for the Falcons, Eric Johnson, who played for six seasons in the uh, NFL. He um, he scored a touchdown in Super Bowl, whatever that Super Bowl is that the uh, Raiders played in. And uh, in 2003, and uh, he scored a, a it recovered a block punt and ran it in for a touchdown. Then he played a, a season for the Atlanta Falcons. Like I said, I think it was 05 or 06, somewhere in that range. But uh, that's just an awful, awful story that uh, uh, is happening right here in Gwinnett County. So, eesh, man, a lot of craziness, uh, a lot of crazy people that are out there. Uh, if you're looking for Super Bowl odds. Falcons right now are anywhere 28th or 29th in the NFL for Super Bowl odds. So DraftKings Sportsbook has them as a plus 7,500. 7, Caesars has them as a plus 7,500. FanDuel has them as a plus 7,500. They're a plus 6,600 
on Sportsbet, and then on BetMGM, they're a plus 8,000. So they average out where they rank somewhere 28th, 29th in the NFL as far as Super Bowl odds. The Titans, Bears, Seahawks, Commanders, among other teams, are above them. Only the Colts, Cardinals, and Texans have worse Super Bowl odds. Colts, Cardinals, and Texans have worse Super Bowl odds. The Buccaneers have better odds. The Carolina Panthers have better odds. So, look, I know that, you know, a lot of people think we're going to be the favorite to win the NFC South and all this and all this chaos. Okay. When you go to Las Vegas, okay, Look at those really big buildings that they have. So you get around the strip and all that. Look at these massively big buildings. And they're all lit up and they're all shiny and they're all sparkly. Okay? That they have all of this. They have all kinds of people in there. And they're gambling. They're called casinos. They they aren't in the habit of of getting these kinds of things drastically wrong. They may get a thing here, a thing there, a thing here. They may get one or two things wrong. But across the board, are they knocking down more casinos than they're building? Because I haven't seen that. No, no, they're they're Yeah, (laughs) Are, are they putting up just like parking spaces around, you know, like they're, they're, they're getting... Uh, like the MGM, okay? And they are just building parking decks all around it. There's no casinos going up or nothing like that. So they're not in the business of missing on these kinds of things. So the Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers have better odds according to multiple sports books, at least five sports books that are out there right now. All right, Todd McShay. Mocking, uh, let's see, I, I think this is, I, I think it's 2.0 that he's mocking here in this one. But he's got the Atlanta Falcons taking uh, Peter Skaronsky, the uh, offensive lineman from Northwestern. But here's what he also has to say, and, and this really got me scratching my head. So, yes, I, I'm, I'm all for even, look, If they can't get a deal done at a fair value with Caleb McGarry, I'm not franchising him. I'm not giving him five or six years, and I'm not paying him $16, $18 million. The franchise tag is $18 million for him. I'm not paying that kind of money. So if I can't get a deal worked out with Caleb McGarry, that's for a reasonable amount of money, reasonable amount of years, then – the Falcons can't be afraid to have a plan B and take that number eight pick and draft an offensive lineman. If that is uh, Skaronsky, if it is Paris Johnson, they can't be afraid to do it. But the thing that caught me with this write-up from Todd McShay is he says, quote, quarterback is worth a look too, but with Desmond Ritter in the fold, I'm not sure the Falcons are – going to take the plunge, or sorry, I'm not sure the Falcons take the plunge on Florida's Anthony Richardson here with a, with the three top signal callers 
already off the board. If Atlanta doesn't stick with Ritter, it probably wouldn't turn to another developmental quarterback like Richardson. Now, just the idea of drafting Anthony Richardson, now that would be the most Falcons thing ever. That that really would. That would be the most Falcons thing ever. I, I know Anthony Richardson most likely going to go in the first round. Somebody will grab him. If the Falcons grab him at eight, I'll boycott the. I'll I'll rally people to boycott the season, <laughs> as you should. Yeah, as I, you I will, should. I will rally people. I will carry around a sandwich board and go on the streets of Peachtree to help people gather in my group and boycott the Falcon season if they're drafting Anthony Richardson. I Now look, McShay was the only guy by and large that had Drake London going to the Falcons last year. So we can dismiss what he says and and all this kind of stuff and he can be, you know, the, the Frank Caliendo thing, you know, where he does Mel Kuyper and and they make fun of McShay. Ta, 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 ta yeah. right? right? I mean, they, <laughs> they do all that stuff, right? But he's the guy that got Drake. He said that the Falcons would take, and he was consistent from the outset. He was not all of a sudden 14,000 mocks into it. He changed over to Drake London. No, he was consistent about them drafting Drake London from the very start. So I'm not saying that they're looking at Anthony Richardson, but holy cow, if th- if that happens, like I said, I'll I'll help I'll help put a I'll put a sandwich board on. I'll be on the streets. I'll have pep rallies to boycott the team at that point. I can't I can't honestly think. Well, there's only one other guy. Will Levis is the guy that I want least in the draft. I'd rather pick a guy that grades out with a fourth or fifth round grade at number eight than pick Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Like, if you told me we drafted punter at number eight (laughs) over Will Levis or Anthony (laughs) Richardson, I'd draft a punter before I'd draft either one of those guys. Because I don't think those guys can play at the NFL level. And I know Anthony Richardson... He's a project. He's got a big arm. He's got no accuracy. He was not a great quarterback at, at Florida. And I understand that they weren't a great offense. But when when you're talking about being the eighth pick of the draft, you should have had some real success at a college program, right? Like even Stetson Bennett, for all of his flaws, at least he won and put up some numbers. That's the issue that the 49ers are having right now with Trey Lance. Trey Lance played what? Played one game his <laughs> final year. Remember? Yeah, one game. The and, COVID and year. The, and the only reason that he played that one game, which I think was in the pandemic year, mm-hmm. was because they were going to broadcast it yep. on TV. It was supposed to be a showcase. Yes. And, and, and he played one game that year in college. And didn't on, on like whatever. ESPN 36 or whatever right. it was, but they were broadcasting that game on TV. That's why he played, as like mm-hmm. you said, a showcase to show off what he could do. And I understand he's got he had all kinds of upside and, and all this, that, and the other. A- at least, though, truthfully, at least 
previous years. He had had some success, though, in college. I mean, he didn't start very much, barely started in college, but at least he did have some success. But, I mean, if you're, honestly, like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, where would they where would they have finished among SEC quarterbacks? If we say Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett, Hendon Hooker, where would those guys have finished in the pecking order? Spencer Rattler? Like where would those yeah. guys have finished in the pecking order? Uh who's the kid from um Mississippi State? Um Will Rogers. Uh, they may have finished ahead of Auburn's quarterback, who was dreadful. Maybe Missouri's quarterback. Uh, even, oh gosh, um, Jackson Dart, the kid that played for Ole Miss, probably would have finished ahead of those guys in the in the pecking order of the SEC. Yep. So I I don't want anything to do with either of those quarterbacks. I'm all in, as we said on the show. I am all in the C.J. Stroud bandwagon. If they're taking quarterback, the only guy I want is Stroud. Bryce Young's not going to be available. No no chance he falls to eight unless he breaks his leg here in workouts and pro days and all that kind of stuff. He won't be at eight. But Stroud has been listed in multiple mocks that maybe he does fall. Now, look, he may not even be available. He may be the number two pick in the draft. It may be Young and Stroud, like a lot of us thought before, you know, before the season started last year. Maybe those two guys. But if Stroud falls, I'll take C.J. Stroud. But I don't want nothing to do with with Anthony Richardson. I think Desmond Ritter is a better option than Anthony Richardson. So, but again, I, I, I say all that to say that Todd McShay had this thing right. I'm, I give him, I give him credit that he nailed it with what the Falcons were going to do in the draft last year. We can mock him, we can have some fun with it, but he was really because a lot of guys started mocking Drake London once they got to drac, uh, mock draft, draft yeah. number sixty-eight point oh. Right, right, like that. Then it became like, oh, okay. There's more buzz about the idea of them taking Drake London. McShay had it early. He was one of the first guys that that had them taking De- or, um, uh, Drake London at the number, uh, what was it, eight spot. Eight spot, yep. Yeah, Same eight spot. spot. Mm-hmm. Yep, so. Do you know Anthony Richardson didn't throw a passing touchdown until week four? Yeah, yeah. I, now, look, he had a good win against Utah to open up the season, did a lot with his legs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I get it. A- and he's got a big arm. Like, he can throw it all over the yard. But he's not a – not a super accurate quarterback, and I don't know. I mean, how much better was the Florida program with him there? And I understand, you know, people can talk, well, it takes a village. Well, okay, but Anthony Richardson just, dude, I, I, no thanks. I mean, him and Will Levis, I, I just don't understand how. I said, Will Levis looks like Bo Callahan. He looks like the quarterback from draft day in that Kevin Costner movie. Yes, he does. He That's does. Exactly he, he, I, I stood like. right next to him. I, I was – I was from from <laughs> me to that thing on the that placard right there on on the desk here from mm-hmm. him, and he looks the part. I mean, if you could chisel out and granite <laughs> yeah. an NFL looking quarterback, he would be it. You think people went to his birthday party? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I say this: he looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane. 
That's really what it is. All right, when we get back, we are going to talk to Evan Mack, who is the new host or host of a podcast, a new podcast, part of the Odyssey 2400 series, Kicking Rocks. It's a wrestling podcast. We'll talk to him next. Chuck Reina Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 and the game, the Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some noise! Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show. Coming to you live from the Key Studios on this Friday evening with you. Well, certainly a lot going on in the world of wrestling, and you know how much I am a wrestling fan. We had the Royal Rumble Rumble, uh, recently here, and I thought that was a terrific pay-per-view. So let's head out to the the Wade4.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to Evan Mack. He is the host of the new podcast on the Odyssey 2400 Network, the Kick Rocks Wrestling Podcast. You can follow Evan on his Twitter page, at Evan T. Mack. And Evan, really appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks uh, for being a part of the show as you get cranked up with this new adventure here uh, in the world of podcasting and talking about all things wrestling. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time and having me on, man. It really means a lot. appreciate you. You know, I heard uh, we're playing the promos on the station right now, and uh, we're playing the one of Matt Hardy um, talking a little bit about the, uh, one of the clips that, that you had with him. And I saw recently you had Damian Priest on. You know, so obviously there's going to be plenty of interviews, plenty of analysis and things like that in regard to the podcast. But it does look like you're, you know, you're certainly getting a lot of really good guests on the show with you to be a part of it. 
yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, put my feelers out there and just try to exhaust any and all like people that, you know, have a, give a moment, you know what I mean? Just certain people that I might've talked to in the past or certain people I might've said a kind word to online or anything like that. And just hope they can just come on and spare a few minutes and just talk about professional wrestling. You know what I mean? So are you covering mostly WWE? Are you covering AEW? Are you covering, you know, other promotions? Like what's kind of the scope of what the podcast will cover? Yeah, I, I, was, I wanted to be like all-encompassing as far as professional wrestling goes, and even a little, even adding a little sports in there, even a little pop culture, even a little movie talk. But primarily, like yeah, everything, like everything's welcome. You know, anything that's newsworthy in the world of professional wrestling. You know, I don't want to just centralize it with WWE. You know, AEW, New Japan, um, Impact. You know what I mean? Ring of Honor, all that, all that good stuff. You know what I mean? So it's just whatever, whatever is out there and is newsworthy, and we can talk about it. Let's talk about it. Evan Mack, host of the Odyssey 2400 podcast, the Kick Rocks Wrestling podcast, is joining us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. What brought you into wrestling? What, what you know, led you to this pathway to, you know, have grown up, I assume, as a kid watching wrestling? Uh, what, what kind of brought you into it? Yes, it's so crazy. Everyone has their different stories and different memories and things like that. My my first real, real memories are like Mr. Perfect and Macho Man and things like that. Then started to get a little bit of taste of Ric Flair. So when, when I grew up watching those guys and seeing those crazy promos and the, and the bright colors and, and when wrestling, you know, to, to some of the purest was in its purest form back in the um, early, mid to late 80s to 90s, that's kind of what kind of made me fall in love with it, but never thought I'd be like talking about it. You know what I mean? It was just, I was just a casual fan, a person that loved to watch it, a person that loves to see what these professionals do inside and outside of the ring. And I just think it's a cool opportunity for me to just have a moment to just, you know, speak my mind about it. So let's talk a little bit uh, of wrestling here. Um, you know, right now, the WWE is in a pretty good place. I mean, coming off the Royal Rumble show, that was an outstanding show. I thought the men's Royal Rumble match was outstanding. Uh, the main event, I mean, that that was a whole nother level of storytelling. And then you've had some moments with Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes recently here. Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes in the ring doing some promos. Seems like that, you know, with the changes that have kind of happened, that WWE is starting to find a little bit of its groove back. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, it's, I think about that sometimes, man, because you hear so many people with, with, with opinions on where the product's going and gone are the days of the Attitude Era and WWE is never going to find that groove. And I, and I sit back and I'm like, man, the, the roster's kind of deep. The storylines are getting interesting. You have a, a Roman Reigns that was not the guy that people thought he was going to be. Then all of a sudden he turns this new leaf and now everyone pretends like he was always the guy they wanted him to be. And then you have Sami Zayn, you have the great Cody Rhodes leaving AEW, coming back to WWE. You have a lot of young talent coming up. You have the emergence of Rhea Ripley, Charlotte's back. You have all these things. You got you got like WWE selling whole matches to Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things going on and they seem to be doing all right. <laughs> Evan Mack is the host of the Odyssey 2400 podcast, the Kick Rocks Wrestling Podcast, and he joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. You know, last week I had Tony Khan uh, on my show, and, wow. you know, it's I, – I'll say it like this, and, and maybe this isn't as kind, but it does feel like that AEW has lost a little bit of its momentum, you know, with – with the CM Punk and the backstage drama and some of the other things that are, that are really going on, you know, behind the scenes of the promotion, it does feel like that they have 
lost some of that momentum. Does it feel like that to you? Yeah, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. My, my whole premise with AEW was they, sh- they should have never tried to compete with WWE because they're, they're, they're in their infancy. You know what I mean? This is not the WCW Monday Night Wars with, you know, you know what I mean? Because WCW had, had Turner back in them. They had a lot of legendary talent back in them. They were, they were live when, when WWE was pre-taped. So, like, that, people tried to connect AEW to that. That's not what that is. AW should have tried to stick to what they know and, and create their own product and, and, and grow their talent, promote their talent, and not worry about getting into these wars, these ratings wars with WWE, because it's like I don't, I don't compare children to adults, you know what I mean? So, like, in this, in this regard, the AW's the child because just because they're so young, you know? And WWE has a 30-, 40-year head start, so... I do believe they need to, to, to work on the homegrown talent, get a couple people in the roster, stop worrying so much about grabbing former WWE talent and worry about their own thing. Yeah, and in fact, that's one of the things I talked to Tony Khan about was the idea of developing homegrown talent because it yeah. does. I mean, look, when, when you know Bill Goldberg was coming up through the ranks, it was, it was a guy that WCW fans could really latch on to, and it does feel yes. like that. There haven't been as many of those guys that are literally associated with AEW that they have not really come up through the ranks yet and, and, and kind of gotten to that star level. Absolutely. You you have you have a Wardlow, you have a you have a Ricky Starks, you you have a, a very green but very talented acclaim group. You got the you got the gun brothers, you have things like that, you have um, like OG Chris Jericho anchoring things, and you and you have the young MJF who no matter what Tony Khan needs to do, the only person he needs to hold on to for the foreseeable future is MJF. He can't lose MJF to WWE. He just can't. He cannot afford to. You know, Evan, it does seem like the wrestling business is pretty healthy right now. I mean, we have a couple of major promotions. You know, Tony Khan has brought Ring of Honor uh, back, and he's going to put it on a streaming service. You know, Impact's doing its thing. I mean, it, it does seem like that it's a pretty healthy time overall in the wrestling business is it not i agree and that to me is what, what's important so many people with so many dreams and aspirations to work and there's never been more opportunities to work whether it be overseas whether it be domestically and you have and that's all that matters to me as a person who who loves the business i like seeing people get opportunities i don't want to see people out of work or losing their jobs or losing this and losing that i like that there's a there's so many places for these professional wrestlers to go, both male and female, to live out their dreams and, and, and wrestle in front of a live audience. Evan Mack is the host of the Odyssey 2400 Kick Rocks pod, a wrestling podcast, and he joins me on the WadeFord.com hotline. All right, let's have a little bit of fun. Who were some of the guys growing up? Who's, you know, some of the guys that you were, you know, linked to, attached to, and fell in love with growing up uh, as a wrestling fan? Oh, man, I remember just not being the biggest fan of Bret Hart, not because he wasn't good, just because he always beat Mr. Perfect. That's the only reason why I didn't like Bret, is he always beat Mr. Perfect. Um, I like I like Heel Sean, though. Heel Sean Mike was always my favorite with Sherry, you know what I mean? I've always, always was attached to, like, the villains growing up. Dusty Rhodes was my guy. Love Dusty Rhodes. My, Macho Man was the first, like, John Cena-type character I really fell in love with. So Macho Man... Then um, yeah, I guess I guess we can re- we can round that out. Uh, listen, I think everybody liked the Warrior at one point, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, but it's it's just yeah, I'm a fan of the old school, I'm a fan of the new school. But these new guys here, man, like even young like like Orton and these guys now, like the 
the up and comers like like I, it's been 20 years with Orton, so it's like I can even say Orton now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Like, there's just so many, man. You know, it's funny how perception changes as you get older and you understand the realities of the business of wrestling and things like that. You know, it's funny because, you know, with all the podcasting going on, I mean, not just your podcast, but, you know, look, Jim Ross, I've had Jim Ross on the show. We've talked to Jeff Jarrett and people like that and, you know, Bruce Pritchard and all these people that do these podcasts. There, There is a real thirst for historic wrestling like there is a real thirst for people to talk about that have been in the business that you know for lack of a better term maybe kind of pull the curtain back or give a little bit behind the scenes you know reveal to it because growing up you know we didn't understand the business now now we're more smart to it but certainly back in those days we weren't privy or as obviously you know smart to everything as what we are now. Yeah, that that build the curtain that goes pretty much, you know, seeing who the Wizard of Oz actually is, <laughs> is for better or for worse, is is a good thing about wrestling, and it's also a bad thing about wrestling because it leads to a lot of speculation. But to your point, the great thing is when you hear from the horse's mouth, when you hear from these legends, like when the, whether they're on your show or their own podcast, or even if, they're, if I'm fortunate enough to get them on my show, and, they're, and they get to talk, I'm like, okay, now instead of this, dirt sheet foolishness or what so-and-so put in their their observer or whatever it's it's coming from the horse's mouth and i think that's awesome and i think nostalgia always has a place of wrestling all right last thing for you evan uh kevin egan is a friend of mine um he's obviously the uh, former broadcaster for atlanta united here and kevin patrick as we know him you know calling monday night raw and um you know listen i'll ask I'll, i'll say the same thing to you that uh um, listen, if you need to pass my number along to Kayla Braxton or anything, and, and if there's ever anything I can do for <laughs> Kayla, um, certainly I am, I am available. I am, uh, you know, ready for anything and, uh, I can handle anything that she needs. So just listen, don't be afraid to pass my number along to Kayla Braxton, if you would. Oh yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen. I, I that's, that's what, who's I hang up this phone. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Mack is the host of the Kick Rocks Wrestling Podcast on the Odyssey 2400 Sports Network, and he joined me on the WadeFord.com hotline. Follow Evan on his Twitter page. It's at Evan T. Mack. Evan, really appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks uh, for a few minutes here in Atlanta tonight, and uh, we'll definitely get back together and chat again. Oh, it was an honor. At any time, I really appreciate you. I truly do. You got it. John Chuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. We've heard so much about you. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. This Friday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 9 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at JMCH316 on the personal Twitter side. And we've got Dom, uh, Dom DeLuise producing us here this evening. I think it's like my fourth producer this week. So um, four producers in five days. So that's a pretty good track record for. Uh, isn't there a guy that's full-time? Oh, Apparently. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think I think he still works here. Yeah. So he's on vacation. Anyway. Um. 
kind of strange. They have uh, I, I flipped over to the uh, it's nine o'clock when the Rising Stars game is going to be on, but they have the celebrity game on ESPN, and they have the Rising Stars game on TNT. So a little bit strange that they broke that up. You know, usually TNT's got the whole weekend of coverage for all the skill challenges and you know Rising Stars game and whatever else they have. So uh, not that I'm missing the celebrity game. Is Kevin Hart playing in that thing? The least funny guy un- in the un- world. Unfortunately, no. He okay. he's finally retired oh, from okay. NBA celebrity. I saw games. DK Metcalf is like dominating the game. He dunked on somebody and he looks phenomenal. Yeah. He, he looks like, I mean, he looks like instead of playing wide receiver, he should play linebacker. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, he looks phenomenal. So, um, but we'll, we'll update, uh, you know, what A.J. Griffin does is he's, uh, you know, top of the hour is when they're scheduled to have the uh, NBA Rising Stars game or Futures game or whatever the hell they call it, the, the Jordan Rising Stars game. Couldn't they just name everything after Michael Jordan at this point? You could. You yeah. certainly could. I mean, if they isn't the isn't the MVP of the All Star Game trophy named after him? It's named after Kobe. Oh, okay. Kobe is okay. the one who has the uh, All Star Game MVP gotcha. trophy. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I knew they named it after somebody because they always they always do those things. So anyway, but uh, we'll see what happens in the Rising Stars game. Is uh, AJ Griffin is the only. Uh, Atlanta Hawk that is represented. And there are three teams that, or actually there are four teams that are in this thing. How are they having four teams, by the way? Team Powell, Team Deron Williams, Team uh, Joachim Noah, and then who's the other guy? Jason. Uh, 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 I don't even know who the other who the other team is. But uh, A.J. Griffin is on Team Deron Williams. So there's four teams? Yes. So like, are they gonna do like half and half? Like, I, I guess I, I hmm. again, they they have so many fakakta things that they do when they start playing these games, and every everything's a gimmick, right? Like every every single thing about sports, it's baseball rules, it's all star games, it's Pro Bowls, everything reverts back to 1995 WWE. The goon, <laughs> yeah. Doink the Clown, Fake <laughs> Razor, T.L. Hopper. Like, everything reverts back to that time period. Everything is a gimmick. So, anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk some Braves baseball at the top of the hour. I'm going to ask about Michael Harris. First, though, let's get to a What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Buggin' Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So the world of golf is all in a tizzy about what Tiger Woods did earlier today. So Tiger Woods' tee shot on, um, uh, what hole was this? Uh, I, I don't know what hole it was. Oh, on the ninth hole. On the ninth hole at Riviera. Tiger Woods' tee shot went 20 yards past Justin Thomas. And as they were walking down the fairway, Tiger handed a tampon or put a tampon into Justin Thomas's right hand as they were walking down the fairway, and then Thomas immediately dropped it on the ground. Now, first question I asked is, how do you get a tampon? 
Where, where did he get it from? Yeah. Like, I, I remember seeing that. Now, this had to be something Tiger planned. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that. He had to with him. Because he just didn't – nobody saw that he randomly walked over to somebody and asked them for a tampon or whatever. He had it on his person. So this had to have been planned the whole time out there. Now, look, was it juvenile? Was it kind of, yeah, you know, maybe not as funny as what it could have been? But now everybody, well, some people, Christine Brennan and people like that, they're all upset. Like Christine Brennan put out six tweets, and, and then they all started ganging up together for it. Now, Tiger did apologize, saying, quote, As I said, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. It was not intended to be that way. It was just we play pranks on one another all the time. And virally, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it was, it's different. I understand that. Like I said, it's kind of a juvenile thing. Is it a bit sexist? Yes, Tiger doesn't exactly have the best track record for when it comes to women and relationships and things like that. So, yes, it probably was a little bit sexist. But let's face it, okay? It's juvenile. It's sort of ridiculous. It's what these guys do, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, Christine Brennan put out this. She tweeted a whole bunch. She put out an article. Then she started getting getting, uh, other women behind her, and now there's a whole movement. So I guess we're going cancel culture on on Tiger now for putting the tamp on there. But it had to have been planned because Tiger didn't wander around anywhere and wander off into the woods and, you know, ask somebody for a tampon or whatever like that. He had this thing set up all along. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. Now – Maybe he should have just showed it to him, you know, because it was caught on camera. It was caught on TV. You know, you saw the tampon, you know, being passed over to him and things like that. Is it the end of the world? No. But once again, everybody gets offended to be offended. Absolutely. There's Even if you... think it wasn't all that funny, which I don't think it was all that funny. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get it, but I, it, it, it's not all that funny. They got a giggle out of me. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like belly laughing out loud. No, no. But you have to take those kinds of things in stride, right? You, you have to be able to take those things in stride with what they are. They're dopey. They're kind of juvenile. But that's what these guys do. That's what guys that have... Hundreds of millions of dollars do. Yeah, it's frat boyish, right? But that's what this culture kind of is with these guys. But again, it's six tweets. It's an article. I'm offended. Okay. I mean, I I, I guess. I mean, I I don't understand it all. I, I take it all in stride. You, you know, you you... You have to be willing to laugh at yourself about some of these things, right? That, that's, that's one of the keys is, you know, you have to be able to laugh about these things. Is it the end of the world that he handed the guy a tampon? And, and everybody understands what the symbol to that is. 
Men, women, everybody understands what the symbol of that means, Mm -hmm. right? All right, one more. Uh, The NBA, or more specifically, Adam Silver, says that he disciplines uh, NBA referees for missed calls. So remember back to the LeBron James, the missed call and all that. NBA commissioner Adam Silver said that he absolutely held accountable and disciplined the officials for missing the call in that game. Quote, we don't publicize discipline for officials. We don't think that will be appropriate. Uh, But their assignments are affected by the quality of their calls. Whether or not they uh, progress in the playoffs and then round by round is impacted by the accuracy of their calls and their demeanor on the floor. So there is a system for overseeing and making those judgments about officials. But more to your earlier point about getting the calls right, that's, again, not a new issue. Now, compare that and contrast with what we heard out of Roger Goodell that with the Pinocchio nose growing out, the four-foot-long Pinocchio nose that was protruding from him, that NFL officiating, oh, it's never been better. You know, we said this at the time. You can, it's not a matter of when when NBA, when the NBA commissioner comes out and says this, it's, it's an appropriate way to frame it and phrase it. You don't have to call anybody out specifically. You don't have to belittle them or whatever. You say that, look, we got to hold these guys accountable and I'm the commissioner, and we have systems in place. It's not appropriate to say what their punishment is or whatever. It's not appropriate, and, and you know we'll decide what is appropriate or whatever, not advancing them in the playoffs and things like that. Because when you talk about the NFL officials, just like the NBA, it's supposed to be when you get to the playoffs, it's the best of the best of the best of the best. But compare and contrast when you just flippantly – Talk about, well, it's, it's, the officiating's never been better in the NFL. But we know that's a lie. We know that's a bunch of crap. You know, it's okay to say that not everything is exactly the way it should be or perfectly fine with the league. You don't have to lie and spin and, and just put out a bunch of malarkey for it all. You can say, look, we hold our officials accountable. That was a particular call that we had disciplinary action on. And and then you don't have to go into this song and dance and be ridiculed and mocked and everything else that comes along with it when you get some accountability. And you don't have to, you know, put out to the world that, well, we suspended these guys for a game or, you know, we're not going to advance them in the first round of the NBA play, whatever. You don't have to get that granular with it. But the idea that the commissioner is on this and he's doing his state of the NBA speech, right? That's, that's they, they, you know, the commissioner of the NFL does it at the Super Bowl every year. Adam Silver does it at the NBA All-Star Game. You give a state of the league speech and things like that. So rather than just saying, oh, well, it's the, it's the best it's ever been. I don't know when it's ever been better. It's the greatest thing of all time. Compare and contrast. And maybe, listen, 
to be fair, probably going second when you have that discussion about the state of officiating in professional sports probably benefited Adam Silver. <laughs> Definitely helped. Because if Definitely Adam Silver helped. had been first before Roger Goodell, he probably would have said, oh, the NBA officiating has never been better. And then you lose the public perception. And you say, okay, rather than everybody gets ticked off at us, you know, from from the fans and everybody else standpoint, yeah, maybe we should reevaluate the way that we go about saying this. So maybe being second has its advantages in this scenario. But I much would rather hear the answer that Adam Silver gave about this than for Roger Goodell to say, oh, NBA and NFL officiating's never been better. And he says it so and he said it so flippantly. Well, yeah, we want to get the calls right. Well, gee, thanks. I mean, okay. Gee, thanks. We want to get all the calls right, but I don't think it's ever been better. Because here's the thing. You have all this technology, right? Uh, laser beams and computers and high-def cameras and multiple angles and all this crazy Microchips kind of stuff that they have. Football, yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they call New York. They call Paris. They call Rome. They just get opinions from everyone. I mean, you have all of these things in place. So why should it be that there isn't an expectation for these guys that are on the field to perform at a higher level. See, this is why I say I don't want I don't want replay. If the human call is wrong, the human call is wrong. Because right now, you're still getting it wrong with all the technology and it looks worse. The perception is it's worse now that we have the technology than it was before. Think about in your lifetime, how many times, truthfully, how many times, truthfully, that you saw a call that directly affected the outcome of a game, whatever it is, whatever sport, whatever like that, that how many memorable calls can you think back to in your lifetime? Like there's been more in the last, I would say, five or six years, the pass interference, the call at the end of the Super Bowl. Like you can rattle off. 50 calls in the last five years because now they got all the technology versus, you know, probably in the first 100 years of the NFL, you would have had 20. More technology doesn't make it better, but certainly that the response from Adam Silver about the NBA referees was a drastically better response than what Roger Goodell said about everything. All right, when we get back, can Michael Harris replicate what he did last year? We'll talk about that next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 99 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.